Hello and welcome back to Recap Madness Podcast, a podcast about TV by people who love TV. I am your host, Chara, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Mel and Crystal. Um, So we have some bad news today, but also some good news. So the bad news is this is the end of our season one recap. We're finishing up with episodes nine and ten. So we're almost done. But the good news is we have the second season to go. So we'll be back. Yay! Yay! And season three got renewed today. Yes, we got... The show got renewed, so season three is forthcoming for us all. Yeah, that was good news for today. Although, I'm not happy with it being the final season. I know, there should be so much more. Yeah. Oh man, I missed that part. But there is a petition going around. Um, Taylor Hickson reposted it, um, that they're trying to, to fight for another season. So go sign the petition if you haven't signed it already. Definitely will. Yes. All right. So when we left off in the last episode, um, Kalita was putting Alder in her place. Abigail was still finding common ground with Adil. Tally was hooking up with Garrett again. And Rael was just trying to figure out what was going on with her after touching Mother Mycelium. Um, So this episode, episode nine, which is titled Coup, Uh, starts with a group of soldiers walking through this creepy forest. They start to see some signs of human life, and then they quickly happen upon a group of dead bodies arranged in a star pattern, all with their vocal cords cut out, just like what happened to Charvel. And it's pretty clear at this point that this is probably not the spree doing this. Yeah, it's not. It's not not only is it not consistent with their methods, it doesn't make sense for their outcomes, like what they're even, you know, looking to do. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, like targeting witches, targeting pacifist witches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just too much. Yeah, these are people that aren't involved with the U.S. Army, so they aren't involved with conscripting people. So why target them at all? Uh, Anyway, back at Fort Salem, um, our cadets are continuing with their training, but Tally's still have having some trouble dealing with the fallout from City Drop and, you know, knowing that these hostages were killed and also uh, with Libba's death, because she feels like none of that should have happened. Yeah, I think, well, definitely all three of them are feeling it, but Tally is the one that's just not dealing with it very well at all. She has such a sense of, like, you know, justice, and she wanted to believe so much in the army and the sisterhood there, but she's kind of disillusioned. And she actually felt the the victims. Yeah. She felt their fear. Yeah, like, she saw it. She saw them and felt their fear, and everyone else is just kind of hearing this information secondhand. They know what happened, but they didn't have the same experience with it that Tally did. So yeah, I can understand why she's taking it so hard. You're right. So meanwhile, uh, Petra goes to talk to Abigail and she tells her, you know, she's proud of how she handled herself during city drop and the mission. Uh, despite Alder making the bad call of sending the cadets in before they had even finished their training. 
Um, then she tells her she's expected to give Libba's eulogy because she's the only other High Atlantic of their level in her group. And uh, much to Petra's surprise, because she clearly wasn't expecting this because she kept talking, Abigail just agrees immediately to give Libba's eulogy. Mm-hmm. Which I liked that moment. Like, I think that was a good callback to how they had kind of started to understand each other and get along, like, during City Drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and her mother, <laughs> Petra, was just like, you know, she thought she had to do some convincing, but, like... Abigail is a different girl than she was when she started uh, basic training. Right. So after Abigail agrees, uh, Petra goes to Alder's office to inform her that the bodies they found were um, Tareem people. And this is where Isadora suggests that maybe it wasn't the spree. And um, Petra seems to agree with her, but Alder is not wanting to hear it at all I really feel for Alder because like these are her enemies like she actually fought them they killed people she knew so like she doesn't want to believe they're back yeah. she has to believe they were, they were eradicated yeah, yeah and I, go ahead I'm sorry Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, Isadora is pretty convinced that it's the Camarilla and has all the evidence there. But, yeah, I can understand why Alder is hesitant to acknowledge that this is the case because she thinks, like, I've taken care of this problem. It was over 200 years ago. There's no way they're back. Yeah, and she's, like, almost, well, not almost, she is defensive about the, like, the the mere suggestion that it's the Mm -hmm. Camarilla. And, and I feel like they pick up on it in this way of just like, um, you know, it makes them uneasy because they're like, she's dismissing this out of hand, but this is pretty good. You know, there's some pretty good circumstantial evidence we're dealing with right now. We should at least pursue it, but she wants to cut it off. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's understandable though. Yeah. They're just like, okay, girl, whatever. Um, we know what the real deal is, but we're going to let you do what you do. So uh, we find out at that point that there are likely less than 10 Tareem people left, which is awful. Yeah. yeah. Did, did they ever say how many of them were left, like, when Adil and Kalita came in? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think so there either. were very Not many. that I remember. Yeah, I guess it was a pretty small group to begin with, so... Yeah. To only have 10 people left. That's terrible. I have such. It's like. I don't know. I just have some strong feelings. Like every time. Like they're. I, I get their. You know. Pacifism. I get the idea of humans being pacifists. And wanting to keep their. Da- like work that could be used. For dangerous purposes. Out of the wrong hands. But I just don't get. Just like allowing your people. To just die off. Like why did you even you know, cultivate the work if you're not going to use it just to say stay alive. Like, you know, I don't know. It just, it's, it's so, it's such a weird concept to me. Yeah. I don't think I quite get the complete lack of self-preservation involved here. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I know you don't want the work falling into the wrong hands to a certain extent, but, like, can't you use it to try to s- protect yourselves? Yeah. I mean, if they got to a point, they can't. Like, it goes against their pacifist beliefs. Like, any kind of resistance is, like, taking an action against somebody else. So it's best if they're gonna if they're gonna die, at least they die with their principles, which seems messed up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just don't understand pacifism. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's what it boils down to, like self-preservation all day long, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah you're right. It's just it's a, it's literally a philosophy. It's literally like, you know, you have to choose it. It doesn't. It's not easy. You have to choose it again and again, day after day, and I just wish they would stop choosing that. <laughs> Choose to live, Dagnabbit. <laughs> As a person who chooses violence every day, I don't understand it. <laughs> no. Well, maybe that's why there's so few of them to begin with. Yep. Yeah. Good point. So we cut back to Tally and uh, she's saying like she's talking about how she joined the army to do some good not to do what they did which I don't understand like you joined the army Um, (laughs) not really sure what good she thought was going to come with that but okay Tally (laughs) but she's talking to Abigail and Rael and she's telling them they need to do something and she suggests uh, that they should tell Petra and Abigail's like, you don't know her at all. <laughs> like, there's no way we can go to my mom with this. Yeah. Which she is right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Like, that wouldn't be my first thought. Like, my mom's a general. Like, she's deeply embedded in this army thing, just like I am. Yeah. That's and not... she's already going to, like, she naively thought that uh, Alder would help her in the beginning with, like, changing her unit. So she she knows, like, chain of command and, like, propriety is, like, a big deal, you know? Right. Yeah, that wouldn't be the person I would go to. Like, maybe Anacostia, because <laughs> she's shown, like, some resistance to what's going on. But, yeah, definitely not Petra. <laughs> <laughs> Petra's a very gung-ho, yeah, army. Yeah. So then Alder goes to talk to Khalil and uh, Adil and Kalita about the murders, um, but they are already aware of what happened. And Alder tries to, like, offer them her help and protection to keep them alive, and Kalita's insistent that they don't need Alder's help because it's not worth the price. And then they have this stare down that causes the room to shake. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's a great actor. Like, yeah. Yeah, she is. Like, she scares me. <laughs> yeah, I, she, you know, she has like a placid look to her for the most part, but you know that there's a lot hiding underneath that. I mean, if Oliver was really going to be big and bad, she was like, what are you going to do to me, pacifist, huh? (laughs) (laughs) This is all you can do. Shake the room a little bit. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's so funny. Like they're pacifists, but she don't she don't miss a trick when it comes to threatening alter. Right. <laughs> She's done it like twice. She keeps doing it. <laughs> this is the second threat already, so I don't know how, how pacifist they actually are. Because <laughs> she was definitely about to choke Alder out in the last episode. <laughs> she really was. Brought her to her knees. <laughs> Kalita is not to be trifled with. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that she was like a... I thought that she was like an elder and just happened to be in a little girl's body. Because she was clearly the leader. Like, she's the leader, you know... And and it, I guess it just kind of bleeds into the gender roles in this world are so heavily towards, you know, women instead of men that even though she's a little girl, she's the one who's calling the shots, whereas uh, um, her brother is not. Like, he defers to her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She definitely speaks like an elder. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I thought the same thing. When they first came in, that like she was not actually a little girl. She just like yeah. had the appearance of a little girl. But back with the Bellwether unit, um, they decide to go ahead and go to Petra. And they spill all the tea on the city drop mission. And Petra is about <laughs> to kick them out, but then Petra they can react exactly like how Abigail said she was gonna react. <laughs> exactly. And Abigail's standing there. Like, I told you so. <laughs> they and it's so funny because I, you know, I, it comes up again later on in, in these episodes. But like Tally is just about it, about it. Like she's just really not having it. And the other girls, like you know, it's it's just kind of funny to see like jaded um, Raelle and like Warrior Princess Abigail. Like every time Tally, at this point, every time Tally opens her mouth. She is rah, rah, rah. And like, look at her like, oh, my God. <laughs> They're both so, so taken aback by how, you know, forward Tally is. Mm-hmm. And they can't say no to her. Like, nope. whatever it is, they are going along with it. They're like, okay, Tally said. All right, so we got to do it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. When Tally gets that righteousness in her, nothing will stop her. Nope, not a thing. And they just like, they're just like. Uh, like leaves in her wake. They're like, okay, I guess we're going along for the ride. I guess <laughs> so. I guess are we doing this? I guess we are doing this. We are. <laughs> Is this a good idea? Nope. But we're doing it anyway. <laughs> like Tally said so, so let's go. Uh, like, yep, Petra reacts exactly like Abigail said she would. She's getting ready to dismiss them. Like, go do something else. Get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> but Raelle drops a little piece of information that she did not know. And then all of a sudden, she's interested. <laughs> she's like the cat with the canary at that point. Yeah, she's like, oh, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> Tell me more. Well, she's like head of intelligence, and she didn't know that. And it's like right under her nose. Right. Yeah. But also, that's Petra's ambition speaking. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I have this dirt on Alder. So I can take over next. Exactly. Yeah, and I love how Ray, like, yeah, that's part of the backing up your, your homie because she was just like, all right, this clearly isn't working, but I got something in my, you know, my back pocket. Bam. <laughs> right. 
So meanwhile, we find Alder having lunch with Anacostia, and uh, we find out that Alder does not eat food. Loves her wine, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. a vampire. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's why she's so sexy. <laughs> right, the vampire AU. Yes. Vampire witches. <laughs> there is a well- werewolf one out there. Of course there is. There's a werewolf <laughs> AU for everything. <laughs> Like vampire, they're like so. It's so rife for vampire AU. So people get get on it. I don't know what's taking so long. (laughs) Make it happen. (laughs) Like I can't believe there's not a single vampire AU involving Alder on Ao3. Like it could be like a van. Like you know, I don't. I don't know. Know if it should be like a vampire college or it should be a different setting. But they should all be in it, and it should be a big vampire story. Yes. I'm not going to volunteer to write it because it'll never happen. <laughs> Same. I drop three fix every five years. <laughs> <laughs> My fix is always depressing, so you don't want that from me. <laughs> it's a vampire, you. Everybody's going to die. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I need, I need happy. Are... I need angst and then happy. No, angst, people are going to be walking out into the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in that case, you probably don't want mine either, because like I, I do angst. <laughs> like I love angst and then a happy ending. I don't. I'm trying to think if I've ever written a happy fic. Oh my gosh, both maybe, of you. Maybe like three. <laughs> both of you emos. <laughs> I think I might have had like three way back in my Grey's Anatomy days. <laughs> back on fanfiction.net. <laughs> Ooh, now you're talking. That's that's olden times (laughs) that was a long time ago yeah yeah that that was back in my live journal and fanfiction.net days yes yes i remember those days on a screen name no one will ever find (laughs) so in while alder and anacostia are having lunch um anacostia is talking to her about scylla and is trying to convince her that she should save Scylla like Scylla has some potential she doesn't feel like she should be sentenced to death essentially um but Alder is not with it she orders Anacostia to transport Scylla to the prison facility immediately we're just in the Caribbean (laughs) that's both nice and messed up like you're gonna be out in the tropics but you can't see any of it. <laughs> yeah, you'll be up under somebody's jail. <laughs> Being in the tropics is already prison for me. Like that's that's torture. <laughs> like just the heat and the humidity. Yeah, I don't. Mm-mm, that's not for me. <laughs> I can do it on like short time scales, like a week. Yeah, a week in the nice water. I'm just wondering what Anacostia sees in Scylla at this point. Because so far, there hasn't really been anything redeeming. They're both orphans. Anacostia probably sees that Scylla actually did care for Rael. So she's capable of caring for somebody that has nothing to do with the spree. As far as she knows. 
Also, I think, you know, kind of piggyback or not piggybacking, but going back to what you said about how Tally felt what, you know, like felt it firsthand because she's connected with Scylla. She feels all the turmoil, even though Scylla is like talking all this big junk. And I really it really turned me off when I first watched these episodes. Her being so snide really turned me off from the character. Um, You know, like I already was like she's on thin ice and she just really did not come off as um, sympathetic or, you know, sympathetic in these, you know, last, in this episode or last two episodes, but um, you know, there's clearly some turmoil that Anacostia is picking up on. That's why she doesn't want to like just close the book. That makes sense. Yeah. I can see that. So back with our unit, uh, Libba's memorial service starts and everyone is there. The boys are there. You see Garrett waiting around somewhere. (laughs) Adil is standing around the back. Um, Abigail's boys are there from Beltane. (laughs) Um, And Alder walks up and gives the flag to Libba's mom and tells her she died with honor. And I just want to say they made a great pick for casting Libba's mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was yep. such a good match. Yeah. But Abigail begins her speech and it's clearly written by Petra. Um, but she's kind of struggling with her words and can't really get through it. Um, so finally she decides to just like toss that paper aside and speak from the heart. And she ends up giving this just absolutely amazing speech mm-hmm. I, I i shed a tear i like both times i watched it i was like yeah. she made that girl eat pigeon <laughs> yeah like oh <laughs> yikes <sighs> well that's what happens when you dance with abigail's cavalier before she can i think that happened before it <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they but just tortured each speech. other. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it well, was. Well, like, frenemies who had appreciation for each other but couldn't show it until it was too late. Yeah. Right. They, they just... could have grown to be such good friends, and that's really, really sad. Yeah. It seems like they had a lot more in common than they thought. But they were just, like, trained from birth to hate each other. Yeah. And I just I love that Abigail is learning little by little like the things that that she's been brought up to believe are important that are just actually pretty worthless. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's more to life than this and that and she's getting a chance to kind of look outside of the bubble she was raised in. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's such a change in her character from the beginning where she was just absolutely by the book. Yeah. The army says this, so this is what I'm going to do. Like you see her start to question now. Yeah. So after the memorial service is over, uh, they all go back to the room and everyone's having a drink. Glory is there. Adele is there. Um, I don't know how they get so much alcohol on this base. <laughs> somewhere (laughs) but they always have it Um, and everyone starts praising Abigail for her speech and her leadership skills 
which I thought was really nice, like that they're yes. appreciating her leadership skills and everyone has something they go around and everyone has something great to say about like what a good leader Abigail is. And um, they are reminiscing about Libba and then Tally gets a bird at the window, oh. which is of course from Garrett <laughs> who just can't pick up a phone. Yes. I love that Rael said that. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> She's like the stand in for the, for the, for um, the audience. Right. Voting is not in the handbook. (laughs) Like the bird thing is getting old at this point. (laughs) Just, I believe the handbook was written three hundred years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about birds. (laughs) Send a letter or something. But it's so much more dramatic when you send a letter with a bird. So we know who would like the bird message, and it's not me. <laughs> I would like the bird message. <laughs> Mel would be down for the bird message. I would. I think the novel also, if you're having an affair, it's a good way not to have traced back, you know, text messages. So I think it's pretty clever. I'm into the bird. Like, who sent this cardinal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what if the bird drops the note? Ooh. Well, then you're just asked out. Well, hopefully it wasn't addressed to anybody. Yeah, I need to see these notes. <laughs> <laughs> How specific are you? <laughs> yeah. What exactly are you writing here? <laughs> well, he sent the bird dick pic, so. <laughs> but it was copied from a book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I feel like Garrett is not bright enough to know not to make it traceable. Because mm-hmm. he has made some pretty questionable decisions so far. Yeah, yes. Talik could do so much better. Yeah. Like, he's oh, cute. Absolutely. He seems sweet, but just not the brightest bulb. Nope. Nope, not at he's all. He's a golden retriever puppy. <laughs> This is not the one you're going to send to find Timmy in the well. (laughs) He can't find the well. No. (laughs) Or he found the well and he dropped a ball and asked Timmy to throw it for him. Yeah. Garrett. Why, Tally? Why? (laughs) He's cute. And Tally is young. That is true. And she grew up (laughs) around... Surrounded by women, so she doesn't know any better. Abigail tried to warn her, like, don't fall for the first guy you meet, but she did not heed the warning. Mm-hmm. So, while Tally is doing her thing with Garrett, Anacostia goes to talk to Scylla, and she just wants to know, like, how someone ends up like Scylla. Like, how do you get caught up with the spree? Um, so Scylla talks to her about her life and I think they kind of realize they have more in common than she thought. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting moment. And while Anacostia is talking to Scylla, Alder is talking to President Wade about moving 
to rescue the remaining terrain people, but President Wade isn't having it. Like, she knows what's going on and what's happened during City Drop. Mm-hmm. She knows about Libba's death and the hostages because Petra has gone to President Wade and just spilled all the tea. <laughs> <laughs> These are some chatty army people, man. They don't keep a secret for nothing. <laughs> right. Like, Petra didn't hold on to that for five minutes. Like She, <laughs> she hopped right on the horn. President! <laughs> she was on the phone. Her duty to report that. <laughs> I guess. You can, you can say that. <laughs> I guess. She was on the phone immediately. Like, Abigail and them left her office, and she was like, <laughs> dialing. Maybe she, maybe she sent a bird. I was just about to say that. <laughs> she sent a crow. I feel like Petra is better than the bird. <laughs> she wouldn't do that. Birds are only for secret rendezvous. <laughs> so the president tells Alder something really interesting. She's like, your days of leading the army are over. And that she'll be announcing the changeover tonight. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Didn't have done that. Nope. Yeah. That was a that was a bad move. I just wouldn't have told her. Yeah, <laughs> nope. I wouldn't have said anything. I think it's a it's an ego thing. I think you she wanted to like dunk on her in that moment. But yeah, the smart thing would have just have been to just make the announcement. Yeah, I would have held on to that. You gave her time to plan. Yep. So back at the base, Anacostia goes to Rael about Scylla. But Rael is like, nope, I'm over it. I don't want to see her. <laughs> um, but surprisingly, when she gets back to the room, Abigail encourages her to go. And that is yeah. the last person I thought would encourage her. Exactly. I thought that was such a good, I thought that was a really good, like, it was an interesting turn, you know, because she's not, she obviously, you know, still has like a, a hate on you know, for the spree and, you know, she doesn't know that there's another, you know, um, potential bad guy on the horizon or anything. Um, but she's just, it's purely for the sake of her sister, of for Rayelle. Like she wants her to have that closure. Right. Yeah. I was re- like, I've been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've got a chance, second chance. I would steal it in a moment. And their relationship has just come such a long way from the oh beginning. My God. I love it so much. Like, I can't believe it's only been 10, 10 episodes and they've gotten so far. Yeah. So they talk and Abigail encourages her to go and get her closure. And then Abigail gets called into her mother's office. Um, she goes and Petra's telling her she's proud of her. But Abigail's like, mm, what, what's the catch? that can't be it Um, she knows there's an ulterior motive and then Petra tells her that there are big changes coming but she can't tell her too much but just tells her like not to do anything that makes the family look bad which like how's that new Yeah, (laughs) isn't that what you tell her every day (laughs) meanwhile Tally is off with Garrett again and his wife walks in on them. But surprisingly, she's not mad about it. She's just like, you know what? Um, 
give me 10 minutes. I'm going to go take a shower and then I'll join you. Can you handle both of us? That was, uh, you know, you know, it was one of those almost like um, penthouse letter moments. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much freer <laughs> with your sexuality. <laughs> These witches. I know, right? <laughs> They're incorrigible. <laughs> Though I feel like they there was a missed opportunity for like bad porn music to be playing during this scene. <laughs> and then the and then when Tally is like all like upset about it, the wah wah. <laughs> exactly. He's well, like, I thought you would like this. <laughs> right. Tally's like, what? <laughs> what part of me do you, made you think that? <laughs> Why would you think I would want this? <laughs> part of you that was throwing me around. <laughs> like, one does not have to do with the other dude. Yeah, but Garrett, you know, not that bright. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but so hopeful, like a retriever. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought you would like this. Meanwhile, uh, Abigail goes to talk to Adil, and she makes it clear to Adil that, like, she doesn't really trust Alder at this point, which is a big change for her. Yeah. Because she was very much about, like, I trust everything the army is telling me, Alder's (laughs) our leader. And now she's like, eh, not so much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So she tells him that uh, leadership is changing hands soon and just to trust her for a little while longer. And he says he does, which is cute. Yeah. Everything about them is cute. I love them. Yeah. (laughs) So Anacostia returns to the area where they're holding Scylla to bring her food. And for the first time, like, she seems, like, really worried about what's going to happen to her. Um, and she brings Rael in who comes and questions Scylla on like whether anything between them was real like at this point Rael feels like everything was a lie and it was all a plot to get her to come with her and join the spree Um, so she just she just wants to know if anything between them was real yeah which I can understand her questioning like because you know, you find out like that this person that you loved is not who you thought they were. Mm-hmm. When Scylla was like, you believe what they told you. I was like, but what did they tell you that was false? <laughs> they told her everything about you that was true. You are Spree. You did lie to her. Mm-hmm. Right. Like everything they told her was true. So I don't, why wouldn't you she? You impersonated an officer. To get her to trust you. It was all true. Yep. Yeah, I think that that is the... That's the... Because it's this weird thing, right? Because she's like, still this whole thing is like, what I did was, you know, for the cause, and it was, y'all are, you know, corrupt, and I needed to fight you and take you down. I'm proud, proud, proud. But in the same breath, she's like, oh, you know, it's not true, and... All, like, but all the things you did are true. Like, it, it's real. It didn't, you know, this isn't 
they didn't make up and trump up some charges you like legitimately did that so it's, it's it's interesting for her to go that tack as opposed to i legitimately think that this is the way for our people which is have been confined too long and i didn't want you know a, a powerful witch like you to be, you know, shackled. You know, she could have went a different route, but she's like, oh, it's untrue. I thought that was a very interesting, you know, way to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely not the best way. Mm-mm. But I think part of that was like her feelings for Rael. I think she expected Rael to mirror the same feelings she has for her. Mm. So I think she thought that like Rael would just fall into believing her despite everything that's that has happened. Like I think she thought Rael was just gonna come in, see her, they're so in love that she's just gonna believe what she's telling her. Mm. And that's not how it happened. Mm-hmm. That she's like going on and on and telling Rael about how powerful she is, and Rael says, I don't feel powerful, I feel broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ryle's been through a lot. Really? I mean, and a lot of it has been manipulation and people doing things around her to get a certain reaction out of her. And I think that that's really unfair and sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she put a lot of faith in Zilla. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a very short time and maybe it was misguided, but she did yeah. it anyway. Yeah. And so definitely that turn yeah, turned against her so so badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she was ready to turn against her unit over Scylla. Like yeah. she accused Tally of lying. Yeah. Of all people. Right. And she knows better, but like her feelings for Scylla were just so strong, like she just didn't want to believe it at all. Nope. So I can understand why she would be so broken up about finding out that it's true. Like she yeah. went so hard for this relationship that she was willing to turn against everyone for her. And yeah. like, then she finds out who she really is. Then we cut back to the white house and president Wade is preparing for her speech and she is hearing something that no one else is hearing. So she's asking other people like, do you hear that? And they're like, no, we don't hear anything. So at that point, we know something's going down. Um, and back at Fort Salem, we hear, we see the biddies singing a seed that is allowing Alder to speak for the president. Which that is so against the rules. I know. I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe you are doing this. <laughs> I was like, I wondered, <clears throat> was she just speaking for her, or could she see through her eyes? Because, like, she seemed to be reading some of the speech as it was supposed to be given. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I'm guessing yeah. it's a full experience, the full sensory experience. Yeah, I guess it's almost like jumping into someone else's body. Because mm-hmm. she knew, like, she was saying everything that was on the teleprompter up until the point where she wanted to change what was going to happen. <laughs> Just so. a huge violation. Yeah. So we get to that moment we see on the teleprompter where the president was about to announce that Petra is going to be taking over as the new head of the army. 
But Alder, of course, is not going to let that happen. Um, so she essentially just gives herself free reign to do whatever she wants <laughs> and like like full power to do whatever she wants. I actually don't understand how that. <laughs> I, I I guess we'll talk about it more when we get a little bit further, like maybe even the next episode. But I'm just understand not understanding how the hell she got away with that. Like I just feel like immediately she should have been seized. You know, once the president realized, you know what happened. Yes. But does the president realize what happened, or does like the spell actually? influence you to the point that you think it was your decision too oh maybe mm, that is a good point yeah maybe i'm misreading altogether because i'm just like well did she did she realize that <laughs> something was off and like you know not in the moment but definitely afterwards but you're right maybe it wasn't so much i'm taking over and making your body do a thing it's i'm taking over and planting my will inside of your will yeah that's what it felt like Mm. but while all this is going down Anacostia clocks it right away and goes to see for herself and she sees Alder and the biddies and what they're doing and she's just like extremely upset about it which that moment yeah I want to know more about Anacostia's relationship Um, with Alder because it seems I know she was a, a foundling, but it seems stronger than that. Yeah, almost like she's a mother, you know, like a mother figure. Like maybe I would love to, I really want to see her full backstory to see if like mm-hmm. maybe she did live like with Alter for a while. And then she was like kind of put with the rest of the kids. But, you know, because they definitely seem to have more of a closer relationship than just, you know, superior and you know subordinate right i think like probably all of the foster kids that live on base probably are drinking that alder kool-aid heavily Mm. from the time they get there because she's the she's the top mother figure yeah that's true I'm just like you don't see her interact with i'm sure some of the other soldiers were fosterlings as well but you don't see Alder interact with anyone else the way you see her interact with Anacostia. Yeah. Like she's over for, for breakfast or dinner or whatever, you know, while the biddies are throwing down <laughs> and Alder's got her wine. <laughs> she, you know, she's the only one that's like actually at the dinner table, you know? Right. It just seems like maybe Alder had a hand in like personally raising her after her yeah. parents died or something. So I hope they go into that in future seasons. Me too. Yeah, definitely. But Anacostia sees everything and she goes outside and she finds Rael kind of in the same boat, just upset, sitting near a tree, crying about Scylla. <laughs> and they start to talk and uh, Rael finally admits that, like, you know, she knows she said she was over it, but she's still in love with Scylla. Oh, poor Rael. I know. <laughs> poor pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, she is really going through it right now. But I'm glad she does have, you know, like, she has more, she has a support system. And I think that in the beginning, 
she was going through it and you know her dad loves her and everything but he doesn't truly understand the everything that she's going through and then she had this like huge chip on her shoulder when she first came in but now she is like a complete support system and I really dig that yeah that's cool mm-hmm. yes her dad's really supportive but like he doesn't he's not a witch so he doesn't understand nope. like any of the things she's going through but now she has people she can actually talk to who understand everything because they've done it too. They've gone through it as well. Yeah. So while they're talking, um, Rael tells Anacostia that, you know, she admits that they went to Petra and told her everything. And Anacostia knows that Petra is the one who told President Wade. And she was like, oh, we got to find the rest of your unit right now. Yeah. Because you're all in trouble. <laughs> so she goes they find Tally and Abigail and she tells them about how Alder puppeted the president and warns them that like if Alder can trace this back to you all like you're in grave danger dun, dun, dun. we already yeah. know she can <laughs> like, of course she can <laughs> we already know like there's only so many places this could have come from so <laughs> it's kind of a straight line back to them but I was a little surprised that Anacostia told them about Alder puppeting the president yeah yeah like they're just so chatty with each other I'm like you're telling a bunch of cadets about this like what (laughs) I dig it though I think it's like everybody's just breaking rank and wild uh you know rumors just flying I I'm I'm here for it. Messy. Petra just set it off. Like. <laughs> <laughs> she really did. <laughs> well, I guess Tally technically is one. Yeah, technically Tally, because she pushed for this telling Petra. But yeah. <laughs> apparently Petra can't hold water, so don't tell her anything. <laughs> not, not a thing. Not a thing. And she's the, uh, she's the intel intelligence uh, person. <laughs> right, just telling everything. <laughs> And that's where we end with this episode. So our unit's in trouble. We know that Alder is going to know it was them. And we'll see what happens when we come back from our break. Yay. All right. We are back from our break, witches. And we are getting into episode 10, which is titled Witch Bomb. So where we left off, uh, our unit was in trouble. Alder is about to trace everything that uh, President Wade knew back to them. And uh, this episode begins with a bunch of people at a soccer game. And uh, one of the players kicks a ball into the air and it explodes. And we realize that uh, she's Spree. But instead of a bunch of people somehow dying in some gruesome way, as has been the Spree way previously... Everyone just starts to chant over and over again, our ancient enemy has returned. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. It was it was interesting and I was glad it wasn't gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was such a change in the way they had executed things before that I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty serious. Yeah. 
like if the spree are trying to warn them, like Alder has to get it together. <laughs> no, Alder's in denial. They already like on uh you know, they've already acknowledged it and they're trying to enact some kind of a plan. And it almost seems like it almost seems like a a um not so much a challenge, but like you know, it almost seems like a well, not an olive branch either, but just like letting letting the army know, hey, you know, we we got other issues, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, know, I know we're fighting, but we got other issues too. Yeah, it's very much like I know we're fighting, but the building is on fire. Like, yes, exactly. We both have to get out of here. So, as they very clearly said, our ancient enemy has returned. Yeah. So I don't know why Alder thinks that doesn't include her. <laughs> like, they mean no, they're not talking about me. They mean you too. <laughs> they said our ancient enemy. That means the Camarilla. <laughs> yep. But uh, back on base, the bellwether unit is preparing for graduation. So they go, and Alder is giving yet another speech just like she did in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she tells them to make their way outside. And at the strike of the, the ninth bell, that's when they'll find out their fate. They'll find out whether they got into war college or whether they're going to be b- deployed to the front lines. And uh, Rael's dad is there. He's looking proud. And at the end of the bells, um, the bellwether unit looks at their medallions and they are shocked to find that they are being sent to the front lines. They're not being sent to war college. Mm-hmm. Mm. So messed up. That's harsh. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, I want you dead. <laughs> Basically, that's exactly what she said. Right. Like, I mean, what else did they expect, though? Like, you can't be expecting to go to war. And they were real let down by it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Of course it was. Well, they didn't know Alder was going to trace it back to them necessarily. Um, There's still hope. They had to know. Like, there's no way. There's no way that wasn't being traced back to them. Like, who else has a direct line Mm -hmm. to someone who can just call the president? (laughs) I sure could have found out from Anacostia. It's possible. But, like, I do feel like Alder was pretty harsh here, though. Like, Abigail told her mama, what do you expect? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I know she's a general and everything, but that is her mother. Like, who are you going to tell if you're not going to tell your mother? <laughs> yeah. So they look at their medallions, and they know they're being punished for telling Petra everything. And, like, Abigail looks over at Petra. Petra knows. It's a whole mess. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of going back to Royale again, like just looking at her situation from the beginning to now, like in the beginning, this is exactly the outcome she expected and wanted. And now she has a, you know, a chance at hoping for something different and that goes away. And it's, you know, I feel like in that moment, I was really very focused on Royale because she was the one. Yeah, she had kind of... She had gotten hopeful 
at some mm-hmm. point, and then that's all snatched away, and like she yeah. has to resign herself to her original fate again. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Anacostia goes back to Scylla, and Scylla knows she's starting to realize that Alder isn't who she thought she was. Like, it's very clear in Anacostia's face that, like, she is not trusting Alder in the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's a big shock to her character. Because she was very much on that same path as, like, Abigail, where, you know, everything the army did was right, and that's all she knew. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all of that is being shaken now. Yeah. I think seeing Alder puppet the president was just a step too far. Exactly. Yeah. That was a betrayal. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's like, that's like textbook spree work at that point. Right. And I think Anacostia looked up to Alder very much in this way of a person that always followed the rules. Mm-hmm. So to see her do something like that, that's completely illegal and just out of character, like mm-hmm. that was a shock to her. Is that out of character, though? Well, not really, but from her perspective, (laughs) we know it's not out of character, but from her perspective, it was out of character for Alder. So, back at the room, um, Abigail is ranting about how this has never happened before to a bellwether, and Sally and Rayle were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Like, we get it. This has never happened to a bellwether. You're a bellwether. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> He's like, God, you just don't get it. I'm a bellwether. <laughs> They're just over it. <laughs> but they are soon uh, summoned to Alder's office, and Kalita is in there with Adil. And they find out that they are going to be deployed on a mission to go rescue the remaining terrain people. So uh, Ray goes to talk to her dad before she leaves and, like, just to give him the bad news that, you know, she didn't get into war college and she's going to be deployed today. Crazy. Yeah. And you can tell, like, he's upset about it, but, you know, he's been through this before with her mother, so he it's just... like your mom didn't make it into war college either. I'm like, aww. Just like trying to make her feel better about it. Like, it's okay. Your mom didn't get to war college either. So, but Rael wants to know um, why her mom's combat charm didn't keep her safe. And he tells her something she didn't know, which was that uh, her mom never took her combat charm with her on her last mission. And at that point, he gives her a letter that her mom's left for her. Uh, with the strict instructions to give it to her when she graduates. So that was interesting that she didn't she didn't know that her mom never took her combat charm on that last mission. Like the way she talked about it before, I thought she knew for sure that like she had it, but it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. But back to Abigail, um, she is upset with her mom for going to the president. Like, girl, you know your mother. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> you told her because Tally told you to tell her, even though you knew better. So now you deal with the fallout. 
Well, technically, it didn't get messed up until Rail let slip about Scylla. Yeah. Abigail didn't go in, wasn't in for all of that being released. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but you know how they are. Like, look how they did you at the wedding. Yeah, but how would she know that Rail would do that? Like, Rail was like pro Scylla all the way. Because they are out of control every time. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they always do something to mess it up. Uh, Poor Abigail. Right, like, you couldn't control them at the wedding. Like, why would you take them in there? (laughs) They've done this before. (laughs) You should know. Um, Petra tells her, while she's ranting and raving, uh, Petra tells her she's secured a solo placement for her in War College. And Abigail's like, what do you mean a solo placement? What about Tally and Ray? And she's like, they don't matter. Some bloodlines don't weight. matter. <laughs> <laughs> they're dead like, weight dragging you down. She said, she said, some people's matcher lines are more important. I was like, Petra! <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Petra doesn't care. She's like, look, my job <laughs> is to save you. <laughs> That's it. So she has her solo placement in War College and Anacostia knows. So she goes to tell Tally and Ray that Abigail won't be joining them on the mission. And Tally is very upset about it while Rayel is just like, it is what it is. What did you expect? Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I know why Tally is upset because she, she had this very idealist view of how things were supposed to be in the army and they've mm-hmm. you know done all this your unit is important and they're your sisters and then she's like well Abigail just abandoned us yeah I think it's like she had she still has that optimism after all that she's seen and all the time she's jumped bad she still has that like undercurrent of optimism yeah and Riel is the exact opposite. She's like, you know, it was always going to be this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Tally hugs Anacostia, and Anacostia doesn't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> and she thanks her for taking care of them. And then Riel asks her to just make sure, try to make sure they go easy on Scylla. And she says she'll try, but of course she wouldn't be able to do anything about that. Yeah. Um, and Anacostia goes to Scylla and she tells her about how her parents died. And that's when Anacostia tells her that she lost her parents too. And she says that um, they died in a car accident because they were very by the book. And the rule is that you can only use your work on base or for wartime activities so they died in a car accident because they wouldn't save themselves because it was against the rules Mm-mm-mm. which is just why yeah I just all these people with power choosing not to use it to preserve their own lives is, but you'll use it like you'll you, you'll use it to kill someone else but not preserve your own life that makes zero like minus sense it makes no sense at all well, it makes more sense for them because that's like literally the military putting a restriction on their power so they, they're they not too powerful in the outside world. 
It still sucks. It sucks because they're treating them as weapons that need to yeah. be holstered. It, yes. Yeah. Yes. Very well said. Yes. The tree I can let go because that's their principle. They adopted that and they will live and die by it because they chose to. But like the witches, they don't have a choice in this. And that's not fair. Yeah. I guess I just don't understand it from the perspective of like I get what the army's rule is against it, but there's nothing physically limiting their power while they're off base. So why not use it to save yourself? Who would know? Yeah. They wouldn't know once they lifted the car. <laughs> Fix the car, too. Then how did you get out? Or just get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> don't acknowledge the accident at all. <laughs> Look, I didn't have a car. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the car disappear. What car? I don't know what car you I was just been like car accident. What are you talking about? I don't even have a car. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> there was no accidents. <laughs> but Anacostia says that um, she found her family in the army. And um, Scylla asks her if a family that eats their young is really family. That's a good question. Which it that, is. That was a pretty powerful question. I give yeah. her that. Yeah. Yeah. She she dropping she been dropping bombs between each little snide snippy little <laughs> remark. She be dropping her little bomb stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! When she was like gesturing with the bells. I was like, if this girl does not shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But she's making sense. She is. (laughs) Points were made here. Exactly. um, Yeah, because, I mean, she's right. Like, that's truly what the army is doing, is eating their young. Like, you're taking young people, you're conscripting them, you're putting them on the front lines to die. Like and they're totally disposable to you. And for people mm-hmm. who hate them, that is that is the that's the crux of it. I just can't get over it. It would be it would it would definitely be different if the people like looked up to witches. Like they, even if they were like afraid of them a little bit, but they really do look at witches as beneath them. And like and and you're gonna die for the shoot. Mm-mm. It's not <laughs> worth it. It's not. Draft her all uh, or dodge her all day. Yeah, I'd probably join the spree. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't join the spree because I'm not going to kill innocent people. <laughs> but I would be a dodger, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely against the killing, so. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I guess I get, like, I would definitely, I would have pause before I joined the, the spree, but I definitely understand their aims, and I'm not completely mad at them for being as like resolute as they are little kids I know that's the part I was like I don't know if I could actively do that but I ain't gonna jump in their way if I ever came across a spree I would cover for them let's put it that way (laughs) (laughs) no I could be in and just be like you know what 
when they want to do the spell in the mall to kill the kids, then I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not going to say that one. But <laughs> you do you. <laughs> Let's do something different, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I'm not popping that balloon, but you do what you do. Um, so as um, Scylla and Anacostia are talking, you know, about family and everything, um, they realize that they aren't so different after all. And uh, Scylla actually thanks Anacostia for her kindness, which I wasn't expecting from her because she had been just so sarcastic up to this yeah. point. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that, I thought that was a really nice moment. Yeah. Yeah. That was a point where, like, I genuinely, like, felt like she was telling the truth. Like, she was yeah. really thankful for the way Anacostia had treated her during all this. Because it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Much, much worse. So, Rael and Tally are preparing to deploy. They're on the plane. Adil is there. And he asks them about Abigail. And they tell him she's not coming um, which he was pretty shocked by. But behind them, you see someone coming onto the plane. And of course, it's Abigail because, like, she would never, like, no matter what her mom said, <laughs> like, there was no way she was not coming on this mission. I know. I just, that was a really beautiful moment. And she's such a drama queen. She was just mm-hmm. like, she waited until. I'm glad they weren't talking ish about her because. <laughs> <laughs> I teared up. I was like, this is sweet. Yes. I was like, oh, that really that really was very touching when they all hugged. Oh. I love my Bellwether unit. I love them so much. Me too. So while they're on their way to their destination, um, Ray takes out the letter that her dad gave her from her mom. And as she's reading it, she's like imagining her mom saying those words to her. So she's seeing her face. And I thought that was a really nice moment because, you know, we don't get to see her mom and we don't get to see her interact with her mom in real life because she's gone. But I thought that was a nice, nice little moment between her and her mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a nice piece of work, too. I wish yeah. I could get a letter from somebody and hear that person reading it to me. Yeah. Yeah. should teach it to Garrett. <laughs> Oh, Garrett. (laughs) (laughs) So they finally arrive at their destination in some mountains. And um, immediately as they get off the plane, Tally is like, we're being watched and followed. And it feels hostile. So we already know at this point that, like, this mission is not going to go well. Yep. So they hike a little bit into the mountains and uh, then they settle down to camp for the night. And it's clear that like the whole bellwether unit is just pissed at Alder. Rightfully so. Um, Well, they're screwed. Might as well come out with everything. (laughs) Right. Like at this (laughs) point, (laughs) she's sentencing you to death at this point anyway. So, hey, might as well get some answers. Um, so they want her to explain her actions and, you know, of course she says she doesn't owe them anything, but, you know, for the sake of trust on the mission, she'll talk to them. Yeah. 
Yep. I did think that they were definitely, well, particularly Tally, but all of them were being a bit presumptuous. But at the same time, I do enjoy seeing, you know, rank being thrown out a window and people just put putting up or shut up, like, you know, just putting it all out on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they were like, like, chain of command? Who cares? Right. Right. We're going to die anyway, so who cares? So Tally just jumps right into it. (laughs) She's like, they weren't ready. And she tells Alder she made them into murderers. And um, Alder's like, I made you into soldiers. And then she tries to justify her decision to puppet the president. And um, she tells them, you know, they don't understand because they have no idea what's at stake. But, like, you're also not telling them exactly what's at yeah. stake. Well, Alder doesn't even know what's at stake because she doesn't right. believe the ancient enemy has exactly. She's such a huge blind spot right in, right there. Exactly. Like, what is at stake, Sarah? Like, I don't even think she knows. Like, at this point, I don't know. It just felt very much like she was just saying anything to justify her actions but didn't really have a point yeah I just it's it's interesting because like again they all joined for their own reasons right so like the, any any three of them could have you know any one of them could have been Dodgers or whatever or you know or what have you but they all joined for their own reasons Abigail's obviously super understand you know understandable but, um, you know, you have this idea of, like, what the military is, but then you're confronted with what it actually is, and you're, like, you know, you're going through a culture shock, and I do, like, I do appreciate Alder being, like, no, you're soldiers, like, what you think this was? <laughs> like, this isn't, you know, this is, like, the sisterhood and all that jazz is, you know, part of it, but really, we train you to be killing machines, because that's what you are. Right. I think that part of it is probably most shocking to Tally. Yeah. Because, like, obviously Abigail knows what it is. Yeah. Like, her whole family is deeply invested in the army. She knows what's going on and what's going to happen. Rael, of course, knows because of what happened to her mom. But Tally, I don't know, she seemed to have this very idealistic, like, idea of what it was going to be like and now she's kind of seeing the reality of what it really is mm-hmm. yeah maybe that's why it's hitting her so well, I mean like you said she feels along with folks but like all the different you know all the puppeting all of it is just like it's really hitting her a lot harder I think well it's hitting them all hard but she's taking it almost personally yeah yeah, I think she was so removed from like how the military operates on her matrifocal yeah. compound that she just yeah. can't fathom this is what it is. Yeah, yeah. She's out there reading the military magazine. <laughs> yeah. In secret, because her mom, there's no In way her secret. mom let that come to the house. <laughs> so it was all propaganda from a young age. <laughs> so they settled down for the night, and then the next day, um, they continue on searching for Adele's people, and they find a witch that is hanging, um, and she's dressed like Alder's sister. Yeah, so sick. And um, 
Adil tells them that she is one of the Tareem elders. So now we're down to like maybe nine Tareem people, which is just terrible. Yeah, I think it's about time we just Alder acknowledges this is not the spree. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was the point where I expected it to happen, but still. <laughs> like, why would the spree kill a witch and dress her like your sister? She's tripping. <laughs> yeah, that's just not that's way outside of anything the spree would do. Cause it, it serves no purpose. It doesn't. Like the spree, even though they go about things in a way that is extremely violent sometimes, like their actions always have a purpose. But like there would be, there's there's no reasoning behind hanging a witch and dressing her like Alder's sister. Like there's, that's just torture. Like that's the only purpose of that. Yeah, it's too cruel. Yeah. So Adil leads them inside the cave where they find a trail which something that looks like blood on the ground. Um, and it leads to like this wall of solid rock. And Adil thinks that his people are hiding behind that rock. And um, he explains that they can, with their songs, they can like reshape the earth and build walls where there were no walls and things like that. And um so he said he can use his work to crack it open, but he's going to need a few minutes. And Abigail is just like super impressed by this. <laughs> it was so cute. She was just standing back there smiling as he's talking about like what their work can do. She's just super impressed. He's like, yeah, get it. <laughs> <laughs> so while he's working on that, um, Tally goes to talk to Alder again. And just it's clear that she just does not trust Alder at all at that point. And Adil finally breaks through the rock. And just as he thought, um, his people are there. Um, But as soon as he comes in with the army, there's a woman accusing him of betraying them by bringing the army there. And while they're arguing about that, there's a little boy dying. And Rael says something about it. And um, Rael wants to go see if she can try to help him. Uh, the woman doesn't want to let her at first, but they mention Adele mentions that um, Kalita is still alive. So that knowing that Kalita has survived somehow, um, that triggers the woman to go ahead and let Rael go over and try to heal the little boy, which she successfully does. So her powers have gotten significantly stronger. Yeah. And more stable seeming. Yeah. Exactly. Because it was a lot. It seemed like it was a lot easier for her this time than it was mm-hmm. with Kalita. She knows what she's doing now. Yeah. So uh, meanwhile, we cut back to Fort Salem and Anacostia makes a really bold decision and decides she is going to free Scylla because she knows she'll die in prison otherwise. And um, she knows that, you know, Scylla can't just walk out of the prison because they have guards, although I'm not too sure about that. She walks off campus any other time. (laughs) (laughs) 
well, theoretically, she was a, you know, a cadet. So she was supposed to be there. <laughs> True. But um, she tells Zilla she's going to have to make this look good. Um, and Scylla thanks her and uh, Anacostia gives her her lighter back and um, she tells her to hold on to the part of her that's good. I'm still I not just, sure what part that is yet. Right, right. But. I just, to me, it was just like, this is, this is hasty. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, um, she, it, again, it's not like she didn't do the things she said. You know, she, she had reasons and you know i think that they are valid reasons but she still did the terrible thing and it's still your job to stop people from doing that those specific terrible things so mm-hmm. i was like ah. <laughs> yeah it was a little it was a little quick for me because i'm like yeah. okay you bonded over being orth- orphans great but like <laughs> You're saying hold on to the part of you that's good. Like, what good has she done? Yeah, like there isn't any evidence of that just yet. She fell in love with someone, and that you know, there's there's a goodness there, but that's not enough, right? Because there was also an ulterior motive there at first. There was. So she sees a a kernel of goodness in Zola. She just wants to like blow on that little fire, (laughs) and hopefully it'll go grow into a big fire. And to become uh-huh. a better person. This is just very optimistic in Acostia, and I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> I am not that optimistic about it, but you know, <laughs> maybe she sees something I don't see. Or she has a plan. True. There's that too. I'd like to believe Anacostia is like way too smart to just believe that there's good in Scylla and let that go with that. Yeah. So. I think she might have something else up her sleeve there. Mm-hmm. So she gives her her lighter back, and we know what's going to happen from there, of course. Um, she walks out wearing Anacostia's face while Anacostia is lying on the floor of the holding cell. And back on the Terrain mission, uh, Rail is successful in healing the boy. And Alder is, like, praising the Bellwether unit for their work on the mission so far. And she says when they get back, they'll have to discuss their future with her. Which, cool, they're happy about. They know that means they're probably going to war college. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, if you were going to forgive them this quickly anyway... Why did you tell them they were going to be sent to the front lines? Like, what was your point? Like, if you were going to forgive them. them. (laughs) I guess now she knows they're good soldiers. Maybe she feels bad. I feel like she knew that. that, Yeah, from City Drop. Like, you knew that from City Drop. (laughs) They were, like, in a group. Now she knows them individually. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe she wasn't even going to send them to work college. Maybe she was just going to give them a nicer place on the <laughs> front line. <laughs> like, I'm not putting you on the front front line. I'm putting you on the, the back of the front line. I'm going to deploy you to Italy instead. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send you to South Korea. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> 
Mel is way more optimistic about this. <laughs> <laughs> but while they're talking about that, um, Tally sees something and she says that there are there are people outside waiting for them. So Alder's like, oh, we we've got to move right now. Um, they get outside and they see a storm. And um Bridie, Bridie's back, yay. Um, Bridie says that <laughs> the storm looks unnatural. Definitely, it's definitely not natural. It's a man-made storm. I just like the Bridie is back. And Bridie should have had more lines in this. <laughs> I miss Bridie. I know. They need to bring her back. Mm-hmm. Post haste. Yes. But, you know, she says this isn't their kind of work. Like, they can make storms, but it's definitely not their work. Uh-huh. Uh, and Tally says that she can see that the people around them aren't the spree. And they aren't witches at all. And so now we know for sure that the Camarilla are back. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. So surprised. <laughs> right. I feel like the rest of us knew this, like, two episodes <laughs> ago, but not Alder. Alder's like, oh, all right, Jeremy has returned. No. Yeah. So they try to run back to the helicopters or the bets, as they call them. And uh, the pilots are gone. And someone calls General Alder's name in a creepy voice. And they look up on the ridge and see that the pilots are ga- bound and gagged. Um, and they're tied up to trees. So that's when Alder finally recognizes that the Camarilla are back and the Spree were trying to warn them. Like, duh, lady. Like, you <laughs> literally had to see witches burn? <laughs> Will you believe that? Right. The Camarilla had to set the pilots on fire for you to know? <laughs> like, I feel like people have been trying to tell you this for three episodes. But as they set the pilots on fire and they start to surround the rest of the soldiers, Abigail realizes that they're using some kind of twisted version of their work. And they zoom in on these like voice box things they have tied to their throats. And um, so the soldiers and the terrain make a run for the bats while Alder tries to hold the Camarilla back with the help of the bellwether unit, of course. Um, while Bridie tries to get the helicopter started up. Um, Alder tells everyone to fall back while she calls up a big storm and she strikes the approaching Camarillo with lightning. Um, but one of them breaks through and they shoot a bitty with a dart that contains the witch plague. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for the bitty Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. They always have to be following Alder everywhere. Like, they're old. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they have you, to go on? Can you imagine that? Like, you went from being young to being an old lady in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. And they drag you around in <laughs> military war zones. It's a war zone. <laughs> and you have to fight. Even though you have arthritis. It's <laughs> the world. Like, you might be 24, but you have the body of an 80-year-old. Your yeah. bones can snap like that. <laughs> now you're out here fighting the Camarilla. It's not right. It's not right at all. <laughs> no. So, that poor bitty, you know, she's got the witch plague, so it's over for her. 
And then another bitty ends up getting slashed with a machete. I'm like, why? Why aren't we protecting the biddies? Uh, no. <laughs> and at that point, like, apparently, I guess that's too much for Alder's power. So Alder starts to visibly weaken and age. And Tally screams that, you know, Alder is dying. And for some unknown reason, tells Alder to take her. Mm-hmm. Oh, you see that? So much is happening. It's so crazy. Everything, so much was happening in one moment. I was like, oh my God, too much is happening right now. <laughs> yeah. But just this person that you just finished saying you don't trust anymore. And you're like, take me. I'll save yeah. you. I didn't get it. Well, she started warming to Alder in the cave. She's like, you really care about these people. It's like, you do have the ability to care about something other than yourself. I'm going to just mentally post that Fry meme (laughs) right there. Of of Fry giving the side eye. (laughs) (laughs) But Sally tells Alder to take her so the biddies sing, and we start to see Alder get younger again while Tally gets older. And Alder thanks her. Um, and then she says they need to leave. So they all move for the helicopters again, and the little boy that Ray saved gets scared, and he jumps off the helicopter and runs off. Mm-hmm. And I would not have gone after him. Right? <laughs> He's not my child. (laughs) His mama can go get him, but I'm not. His mama is there. (laughs) Well, whoever that lady was that was taking care of him, she can go get him. I'm not getting off the helicopter to go get him. Rayla's just gone through all that trouble of healing. If you like a lamb, go get Bill. (laughs) Ray is a better person than I am, apparently. <laughs> Join the spree. <laughs> I would. Yeah. And I'm not saving your children. <laughs> but Rael goes for him. And Abigail follows so she can watch her back while she tries to get the boy back to the helicopter. And, like, Ray finally gets him kind of calmed down and hands him over to Abigail to Tells her to take him back to the helicopter. And while her back is turned, Tally screams out and tries to warn her that there's a Camarilla agent behind her. Um, But it's too late and Rael gets stabbed. That was a moment I was definitely not expecting. Yeah, I guessed. Yeah, that that was surprising. But Abigail runs back to her side and she links up with her. Rael tells her to go, but of course she won't leave her. And um, Rael knows she's dying and she tells her, like, you have to break the link or I'll take you with me. But Abigail refuses. Oh. Yeah. Sister. <laughs> yeah. So she tells, she screams back to the helicopter that she can't move her. And the second helicopter gets hit with some kind of bomb and explodes. Um, so they know, you know, everyone in the helicopter knows that they have to take off. 
Um, so they leave. Alder tells them they have to go. And as they're pulling off, Abigail like passes out beside Rael. And Tally's just screaming because her sisters are getting left behind. And there's nothing she can do about it. Which that... And she's yeah. old. She's a bitty now. It's, it's right. been a lot. It's been a lot. Of, it's been a day. Quite a day for Tally. Like she started <laughs> off like 18, 19 years old, still young. <laughs> just, so distrustful of Alder. Yeah. And now she's <laughs> yeah. giving her life to Alder. You know, yeah. She's linked to Alder and she's like 80. <laughs> she's lost her sisters. And her sisters are left behind. They're probably dead. She doesn't know. Yeah. Like it's it's been a rough day for Tally. Yeah. The no good, very bad day. Poor Tally. The worst. But back on the ground, Rael and Abigail are losing their strength. They're on the brink of death. And it's like they're just looking at each other because what else can they do? Yeah. And Abigail's like, I love you, shitbird. Oh, that shit. You know, it's funny because, like, okay, so they are sisters. I get it. La, la, la. But I, you know, sometimes I ship them. I just, I can't help it. It's who I am. Well, I sent you the link to the fix, so I'm into it. <laughs> I see it, too. I see it, too, the way the, the enemies to lovers trope is, like, really strong with these two. Yes. Since the moment they've met, like, something's been crackling between them. Yeah. Yeah. I am not And opposed. they came a long way. Yeah, they really have. They went from, like, really not liking each other to I love you, shitbird, so. <laughs> in, in, indeed. <laughs> For Abigail to admit that. Yeah. I don't think I've heard Abigail say I love you to anybody. This entire series. No. Yeah. I don't oh think wow. She huh? she, I guess she doesn't say. I'm trying to think. She never said it to her mom, huh? No. Mm-mm. I mean, obviously she's in love with her mom. Yeah, she yeah. loves Charvel. Saying it, like, but she yeah. hasn't said it. Oh, she did say it to Charvel, I think. Okay. When they were in the bathroom. Okay. Like right at, I think it was like right after Charvel called her biscuit. Oh. And then she was like, I love you too, Char, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Said it one other time. Yeah. But she definitely doesn't say it often. No. So, like, if she says it, she really means it. So then it looks like they're dead or dying or close to death. And something, like, sparks between their hands. Their hands are still joined, and then there's this spark of light. And then a big explosion. And no one on the helicopter seems to know what it is or why it happened. So then when we cut back to the ground, Abigail and Rael are now up and they're walking hand in hand in a cloud of something that looks like spores. And there are mushrooms growing behind them in their path of where they were walking. It's very freaky. Yeah, Yeah, that's that necro stuff. (laughs) <laughs> something dark is going on yeah but it saved their lives so can't, yes. be, can't be too bad 
Yeah, I was glad to see they were alive because I was a little worried for a second there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a little bit concerned. I'm like, they can't really, they can't kill off two thirds of the unit, can they? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little concerned that they were going to go in a different direction, but they're okay. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to Scylla, who is now free. And uh, she's walking through a neighborhood, clearly looking for something. And uh, she finally approaches a woman who is sitting on a porch and says that the way is over is under. The woman answers the way out is in. And it's clear from that point that it is a spree hideout. Mm-mm. So she walks in, there's music playing. Um, there's some creepy guy just sitting there staring, not saying anything. <laughs> You know, the spree are unfriendly. Right. I don't know what his deal was. but He was, <laughs> he was creepy. The girl on the, the porch looked at her like, ew. <laughs> Just he not a, a very wel- unfriendly lot. Not a welcoming environment at the spree house. <laughs> <laughs> but she goes into the kitchen and approaches a woman who is cooking mushrooms, which I like. <laughs> That was a nice little uh, throwback to Abigail and Rayo. Um, and when she turns around, it's Willa Collar. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the reveal. Um, and she tells Scylla that she was supposed to bring her her daughter. Look shocked for once. <laughs> right. Like, for once, Scylla was surprised. She was like, what? <laughs> so I guess she knew who... I don't know if she knew. Well, I know she didn't know that she was Rael's mother, but I guess she had seen her before. Yeah, she didn't seem surprised to see her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing, yeah, they, they were comrades. She just didn't know. And maybe even the person who gave her this particular assignment. Yeah. I guess up until that point, she didn't know that she was Rael's mother. So, interesting plot twist there. And uh, that is the end of our episode and the end of our season. That's kind of messed up for Rael's mother. (laughs) Yeah, her family thinks she's dead. Yeah, that's a bit much. So, how. (laughs) <laughs> you've let them think you were dead for years and you yeah. really just ran off with the spree like why not ran take your family the, with you they were ran in the, the session you could have picked them up yeah and ran off with the spree and then sent like let your daughter mourn you and then sent somebody to kind of like um you know kind of stoke the fires of her resentment with the military to bring her over like I just feel like couldn't you have brought her with you when you left for the spree? <laughs> like, I'm confused. Right, like, I feel like you could have just taken her with you. Like, yeah. she was already disillusioned with the military because of all the things you had told her about it anyway. So I don't think I mean, she would have bought you on it. <laughs> did Willa tell Scylla to get into a relationship with Rail? I mean, I guess that's not that's not explicitly stated, but like it's still weird. Because that's even more messed up. Yeah, like, like, mom, mess with her mind. Yeah, that 
mom is not mm. she's, she's not puppies and kittens like mom got some stuff for her yeah like you betrayed your own child and then yeah. you sent someone else to betray her yes yeah you Go seduce her to my be daughter. happy about this <laughs> Like, people talk about Petra, but she is way worse. Right. Like, Petra just puts pressure on Abigail to keep her alive. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's where we are with season one. Okay. Definitely (sighs) a good, it's a good, um, you know, like I said, a lot of stuff happened right there at the end. So it's a, it's a damn good, uh, thing that it came back for a second season because that was way too much of a cliffhanger right like we have Abigail and Ray out in the desert left alone we don't know what's going to happen with them we have this cliffhanger of Ray's mother still being alive Tally's a bitty it's a lot going on Mm -hmm. and Anacostia knows about where still is yep yeah, we're definitely set up for some really great um, fallout and new beginnings. Everybody's in a different place than when they started. Yep. Like, season two is definitely going to be a ride. Mm-hmm. Right. Any last thoughts on season one? Um, I think it was a strong season. It was just really enjoyable. The lore is fantastic. I really... Um, I really enjoy the acting. I think the writing is good. There, you know, there's, you know, there's spots here and there. I'm just, ah, that's a little convenient or that's a little rushed or whatever. But they don't have a lot of episodes. So, you know, they Mm got to make do with what they have. And they've created a really elegant and interesting and sexy and fun world. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The world building is so good in this series. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like it was a really strong first season. Like, I think I go into shows not expecting a lot for the first season yeah. a lot of times. Because, like, that's that's your season to get your stride and kind of figure out where you want to go. But I felt like this was a really, really solid, really well put together first season. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for us for season one. It's been a blast and um, we'll be back to review season two. Yay. Huzzah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, as always, uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe, rate or review or share the show on social media. Um, If you have questions or comments, can find us on Twitter and Instagram at It's Recap Madness. Or you can hit us up on our email at uh, recapmadness at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.